Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. Good morning and welcome to Southridge. We're excited to see each and every one of you. Thank you so much for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. Once again, welcome. We're excited that you are here. My name is Mikhail. I'm the pastor here at Southridge Church. It is an honor and privilege to see each and every one of you. It's been a wonderful Sunday, and we're looking forward to all that God's going to do in this service. So many great things are happening, and I just want to welcome you. If this is your first time at Southridge, on your way in, you received kind of a packet with sermon notes, a connect card, invite card, and we'd love for you at any point in our service to fill out that card. We've got a special gift for you, and you can either drop this card off in the offering basket, or you can go to the hotel lobby, where if you drop that off, we've got a gift for you. If this is your second time, let us know. We're so grateful and glad that you're here. Looking forward to what God's going to do today. We've got a special guest speaker, heard some amazing worship music, and we're excited about the things that God is up to. Last Sunday, six people got baptized. We saw people saved. It's exciting to be a part of this church family, and I'm grateful and glad that you are back this morning. But as we prepare to hear from Angel Casillas this morning, preach a great message this morning, I just want to say something, because sometimes people think, well, we got a, uh, a guest speaker. That means, uh, you know, the pastor needs a Sunday off, or he's tired, needs a vacation. And let me just tell you this. It's none of the above. I believe that our growing church, we are a church that started from nothing, but we don't believe that this is all that God's going to do here. You see, we believe that we're going to be sending other churches to be planted and started, that we're going to be raising up leaders out of this congregation, that future pastors, evangelists, missionaries, church leaders, that people that you would look around in this room and be like, oh, if if they're the future, uh, God, take me now. You know, It's, it's not like that at all. We believe that God has entrusted us a great opportunity to steward and mentor the next generation. 2 Timothy 2.2 says this. It says, the things that you have heard among me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We need to complete the circle. The things that we've been taught. I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. I've been in nursery, they say, a long time. And, uh, you know, um, just born in it. And I'm sure people looked at, oh, I don't know if that kid's ever going to do anything. I'm so thankful the Sunday school teachers, the children's church workers, and the church family that just said, okay, hey, maybe this guy will amount to something, hopefully. But it takes together as a church family. And so as Angel brings the word, if you hear something that's good, say amen. Clap. Say that's good. You say, why do we do that? Well, whenever you and I go to a sports event and we see our children playing, you sit there and go, boo, you suck. You know, I hope you don't do that to your own child or grandchild. (laughs) If you do, you need counseling. That's what you need, you know? You're like, but you don't know my kid. Uh, You're right. I don't know your kid. But no, you do the exact opposite. If your child is playing sports, you're like, go, go, go. Your child could be running the football for the wrong way and score a touchdown for the wrong team. You'd be like, you ran fast. The other touchdown, you did a good job. You know, you cheer for him. We want to cheer for our family. And Angel's a part of our family. And so we're going to cheer and we're going to say thank you and praise the Lord and amen. And it's something to encourage him. Let him know, hey, God's called you to something. And you've got to understand when God calls you, Satan's going to try to do everything he can to stop you. 
And so we want to encourage those around us as they pursue, to pursue fulfilling God's calling for their life. So with that, Angel, come bring the word. And can we just thank him this morning for the work? God bless you. Well, I was telling Pastor in the first service that the only problem with what he said was, if I don't hear any amens or claps, it means you don't like anything. Right? Um, <laughs> thank you, Brother Curtis. But what's he called? Church, good morning. Um, I am so uh, just honored to be here this morning. I haven't, I haven't preached in a while. And so when Pastor Micaiah asked me, hey, can you, uh, we're, we're going to be doing this campaign. Can you do the third Sunday? And it's, and I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, but then as I was like, man, I actually haven't preached in a while, right? So I was nervous. And then I remembered we have two services now, so I have to preach again. Sorry, I get to preach again, right? <laughs> and so I got more nervous, almost to the point where I was like, you know, I wanted to tell pastor. I was like, pastor, how about you preach one and I preach one, you know? And, and that way we both learn from, right, what we both have to say about serving. Because <laughs> today, you know, we, we have been, uh, the theme for the month has been for San Jose. You know, Southridge Church is for our city. Amen. Southridge Church loves God. Amen. Therefore loves our city. Right. This is the city we live in. This is the city our kids go to school in. I'm not saying ours isn't like, you know, those who have kids. I don't have kids yet. Um, but. I also would need uh, prayer because um, I don't remember what I preached last service, so you might get something completely new. Um, so later this week, I just invite you to listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, so this week, it's called, uh, the, the, the sermon is called, You Are Called to Serve. Last week was, God is for you. Sorry, two weeks ago was, God is for you. Last week was when my prayer isn't God's plan. And this week is you are called to serve. And I don't know about you, but I want Southridge Church to be known as a church that loves God, therefore serves its community. Men, I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you serving God in your life right now? Right? Are you serving your church right now? And some of us possibly just had the eye roll reaction. Oh boy, here's another guy asking us to serve, right? Well, I know, how dare I? How annoying of me to ask you that. <laughs> but I had this conversation this week with a friend that really, really, um, it, it hit me hard. Um, and I think it's important that we understand what serving means. What does it look like? So I asked him, he goes to another church. I won't say the church or the name of the guy in case you guys know him. Um, but I said, hey, man, are you serving in your church right now? And he said, sometimes, only when I have to. And I was like, when you have to? You know, in my head. Because um, I was trying to be loving. And he goes, I don't get why, this is his words, not mine. I don't get why I, ha- I should have to serve him every week at my church. And man, that, I was like, bro, you just made it worse. Like, now I really want to light you up. What do you mean you have to, right? Um, and so... I'm working on being gracious, more loving. And so all I did was I took a breath. I was like, okay, let's take it easy. (laughs) And all I asked him was, okay, man, the weeks you do serve, what fuels your desire to serve, right? And the weeks you aren't serving, like what is preventing you from serving him more? 
right? And so I realized from his answers that, I apologize, I don't have time to go into the answers, but that he did not have the right definition of what serving is and what, why serving God, the church, is important. See, I don't think it was that he actually did not want to serve. I just think he has the wrong definition, the wrong information, so that's preventing him from serving God greater. So another thing I asked him, I was like, hey, man, um, remember, I really wanted to light this guy up. Um, I was like, you do know that God doesn't need you to serve him, right? And he just looked at me kind of like, really? I was like, but because he loves us, because God is for us, he does invite us to be a part of making his name known here on earth. And that is one of the biggest benefits you will get from serving God, that you get to be a part of his kingdom here on earth. Amen? So I really feel, I believe that we have created this false dichotomy of what serving is in church, what serving God is, right? And so serving God is not something you do just on Sundays. And it's not something you just do. It's, it's actually a lifestyle. It's a way of living. It's the way your heart, the, the attitude of your heart. And it's not a list of actions, but it's so much more church. And I just prayed this morning um, that you allow God to speak to you. That you leave all distractions aside at the moment and say, God, how are you going to use this word? Transform my life. Use it. Now, a question I have for you is, were we really called to serve? Or am I just trying to get more volunteers? In a culture that says, hey, serve yourself. Do what's best for you. Who cares, regardless of how it hurts those around you? Do what's best for you. Serve yourself. See, we were created to serve. But unfortunately, in the world, we serve ourselves. In God, with God, we serve him and others. Right? So why does God call us to serve him and to serve others? That's the big question of the day. So what if I told you that the Bible shows us clearly that we were designed to serve? We were called, we were saved, and then he called us to serve to be a part of his kingdom here on earth. And that each and every one of you, sorry, I, I for whatever reason, Siri keeps popping up, <laughs> um, that each and every one of you was designed by God and called to serve him, called to serve your church, called to serve your city in a very specific way that he has gifted you. So let's pray and we'll dive into God's word. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we have to just come before you, to listen to some worship music, to be able to sing along, Father, and, and sing praises to you, Father, because you deserve them all, Lord. Thank you for this church. Even though we're in this hot building, Father, I just thank you that we have a place to meet. There are so many brothers and sisters around the world that don't even have this luxury. So we just thank you that we can come together. And, and I just pray this moment, Father, that we can just concentrate on what you have for us, Father. Because I know and I believe wholeheartedly that anytime your word is preached, Father, you have something for someone here, Lord. So I just pray that we are sensible to that and that we hear your word and hear your voice, Father. Thank you for this church that we can call home and a family. We love and we thank you and all of God's people say, amen. So first thing I'm going to do is uh, we're going to read uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 12, to 12 to 27. I know it's a lot of verses, but just bear with me. 
Okay, I, I, I need to read the entire thing for everything to uh, just make sense. So God's word reads as this. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. For just as a body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, where would, we, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body each one of them as he chose. If all were single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts that are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable, presentable parts do not require but God has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another if one member suffers all suffer together if one member is honored all rejoice together now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it that was a lot of word right so what does all that mean huh so we just read a whole bunch and so what is what we just read mean. So first thing I want to go into is serving God allows us to fulfill the calling and design he intended for you and for the church. Let me say that again. Serving God allows us to fulfill the calling and design he intended for you and for the church. Church, this is so important to know because if you think, you know, when the pastors, when the leaders are asking um, for help, you know, or to serve in a ministry, it's not that, to, that, that we want to take advantage of you. It's not that, you know, hey, let's just, for the kicks, um, you know, uh, let's just have people give up their Sunday morning and come and set things up, you know, be part of the worship. No, there's none of that. But rather is when you serve, God allows you to fulfill the calling he designed and intended for your life. We just read that the the church is like a body with many parts, right? And I want you to know this. Um, according to the passage, we read clear that here at Southridge, you are not just another number or volunteer. Okay, that's important. You're a crucial body part of the church. Okay, let me say that again. You are not just a number or volunteer. You're a crucial body part of the church. The the scripture read, if all were a single member, where would the body be? Imagine if all the church members here at Southridge were exactly the same. If we all served in the same capacity. Imagine if we showed up and we only have greeters, like we have 70 greeters out there. And like, nobody else in here. Nobody in rich kids. Nobody in worship. That would be kind of odd, right? And you know what's worse? We wouldn't be fulfilling what God intended for what his church body is supposed to look like because we're all different parts of the body that create one unified body in Christ. And church, it takes all of you. 
your unique gift, the way had God, the unique gift God has uh, placed in your life. We need, we need you to use that here. We need those abilities God gave you to make these Sunday services more effective. You know, there's so much behind the scene volunteers. And I'm not talking about, you know, um, on Sundays before we get here. No, I'm talking about during the week. There's people that are putting out, um, putting the uh, handouts together. You know, there, you have your pastor uh, getting ready all week to pr- bring the word. At the same time, you know, he's uh, putting out this fire, putting out that fire, trying to raise funds for a building. There's so much that goes behind the scenes, church. And it's not, and I'm not saying that so, you know, you guys were like, oh, thank you. No, no, no. We want you to know that we do this because we love you. Because we love God, therefore we love you and we do this to serve God. We also have investors that give above and beyond to this ministry. Because the reality is, we need funds to grow this church. So if you haven't found a ministry and you have deep pockets, I found one for you. You can be in the ministry of investing. (laughs) But in all seriousness, there's so many different parts, so many different things happening during the week that all contribute to making today happen. Oftentimes, church, it doesn't get noticed, but that's okay because we do it for God first and foremost. And, and sometimes I get it. Sometimes when I ask someone to serve, I, I kind of, I, I will see their, that they, they hesitate a little bit, that they'll be like, think twice. Well, I guess I can do this. And, and sometimes I get frustrated, like, why? If you only knew what you were missing out on. But the reality is that some of you have been used in the past. You have been burned by a church. You were a volunteer and they took advantage of you. And so now your desire to serve God is there, but it's, now you have a hard time serving the people. Right? And so here's the thing. Sometimes it may come across that people are using you, but we're not. uh, And if we hurt you, we're sorry. That's not our intention. I'm very, um, I was sharing in the first service that I'm very uh, goal driven. And sometimes in order to reach that goal, I can hurt people along the way. The way I talk, the way way I, I, treat them but then it's like okay well I, I make I made the I accomplished my goal but at what cost how many people did I hurt right and know that we love you church and that chances are we'll likely hurt you again that's because we're, we're human but it is never our intention to hurt any of you because we understand and we believe that when God's word says that you are an important member of this body You are not just a number. As I mentioned earlier, diversity is important. Like I said, we don't want all the same people serving the same way, right? So imagine if we all had 10, if if we had 10 Pastor Micaiahs. Imagine if we had 10, you know, Lydia's. You probably don't want that. You want 10 different people using their unique gift. Nothing on them because they're incredible, but it's, doesn't fulfill God's plan for for the church because he has gifted us all differently and you certainly do not want 10 of me. 
We want 10 unique members using the abilities God has given you. But most importantly, what God looks is the heart of the servant. You may be so uh, creative, so good in what you do, but if you don't have a heart of humility, love, and service, it's hard for God to use you. When I was growing up, uh, I really, really wanted to be a worship leader from a young age. I was, uh, I, I've been uh, leading worship, leading youth bands, and since I was 16 years old, around that age, and man, I had a desire to be the main, sir, uh, the main English service worship leader. And several years I actually got passed up, not by right in in, in my um, uh, what's it called? My heart of um, pride. I would say these guys aren't better than me. But the problem was my heart wasn't ready. It wasn't that I didn't have the ability to do it. It's just that I didn't have the heart to be used by God. And so church, our heart of humility and service is what God wants above all things. Because I've seen God use people that you were like, really, God, you use that person? No, I'm kidding. But you've seen God do great things with people that aren't impressive because then God gets all the glory because it's about God. It's about what Jesus is going to do through you, not about what you do, right? Amen. I finally heard one. Uh, And then let's keep going. When one body part is weak, failing, the whole body hurts. Has anyone here ever hurt your back? Has anyone ever hurt, had a, knee issues? But I have. I, I've had one for, day, for, for years now, right? And so I actually recently started trying to treat it. I was like, you know what? I, I couldn't even play soccer on anymore. I love playing soccer. But with my size, trying to cut, sprint through people, my knee was not having it. It goes, mm-mm, not, no way, dude. And so I was like, all right, you know what? I started going to a chiropractor and he told me, your hips are very misaligned, you know? And he's like, and that's contributing to your knee problem. And I was like, okay, then align them, right? And so as he started aligning them, you know what started hurting more? My knee. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, I thought it it would be getting better. But the thing is, my body had compensated, right? To even though I had a knee injury, uh, that was masking my my, what's it called, misaligned hips, that now was masking this other thing in my ear. No, I'm kidding. Um, But here's the thing. When one body part hurts, it starts affecting the rest of the body, right? And sometimes your body will compensate and you'll be able to get through the week, get through years. But at one point, it just breaks down. And this is the same thing with the church, if one of you guys is down, if one of our brothers and sisters is down, church, yes, we can cover for them, but that's not sustainable. We need to uplift them. You know, we need to build them back up. And that is something, church, that, you know, I, I admit, too, that I'm working on. It, it's because I'm so uh, goal-driven. If someone's, like, you know, not doing what they have to do, either on the worship team or another ministry, I'm just like, all right, dude, you got to step it up or move aside. But that's not the heart of God. And, and I'm working on that, church, because how many times 
could people have thrown me out with the bathwater? <laughs> but they chose to be patient with me, to show me love, to build me up when they had every right to not do so. But you know what they did? They showed the heart of God. They said, this is what God calls us to do when someone in our, in our church body is hurting. Church, that is so important. And, and you know what? That is what happens is when, when we maintain, uh, when we start picking each other up, when instead of jugging each other, um, kicking each other when we're down, when we sin, no, 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 no. When we lift each other up, it maintains unity. It maintains unity and the body keeps functioning properly. And now our work here and out there continues to be effective. Amen? See, that's one of the many benefits of belonging to a church body. The support the community provides. Let me tell you, I didn't get a chance to say this in the first service, but uh, when I was uh, uh, younger, I was, I, I can't remember exactly how old I was. I have a terrible memory. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was kind of having a hard time with my faith. And I started working, I started picking up shifts on Sundays because uh, I used to work as an EMT. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I just don't really want to be in church right now. So I'm just going to work. And for about a month, month and a half, you know, I was picking up shifts and that was my excuse. You know, oh, I have to work. I have to work. Oh, they absolutely need, they had plenty of workers, but you know, that was my excuse. No, no, they need me. <laughs> um, and so what happened was after a month, no one called me to see how I was doing. And that really sucked. You know, I, no one called in to check on me. Hey man, we haven't seen you in church. What's going on? But then I got one call, and this sweet lady was like, just lit me on fire. <laughs> you thought she was going to encourage me? No. She was like, why aren't you here? You know, you need to have more faith, blah, blah, blah. She was just going on, and I was like, I missed you too, you know? But, man, God placed the right people in my life, those that I could lean on when the rest of the church body didn't. And now I look, it's like, man, I never, ever want to be that person. And I, church, I just invite you, whenever you see someone that's been missing, reach out to them. Annoy them. But in a loving way, if that's possible. You know, be like, hey, we miss you here. We need you here. Because what happens is being part of the church body means we hold each other up. We provide for each other when we're in need. You know, we cry with each other when we need to cry. We rejoice when we need to rejoice. Now, let me tell you, we rejoice when you guys get um, raises because that means the church get raises, right? <laughs> I don't know if anyone got that, but um, but there's a video. I'll move on. Um, there's a video uh, that I really, really like. It's a video of a pack of lions attacking a buffalo, right? And this poor buffalo is surrounded by like nine, like nine lions, and they're just on him. There's like two that are all just stuck on him, right? And I'm like, man, that sucks, right? Poor, poor Buffalo. He's not coming out of the next Lion King. He's done. But then out of nowhere, you see the rest of the herd of Buffaloes come in and you just see lions flying through the air, getting knocked out of the way. And they saved this Buffalo. And man, does that paint a picture of what the church should look like? Because by ourselves, when we're isolated, we're weaker. We're surrounded by the enemy, by, you know, our failings, by our guilt, by our shame. But when the church shows up, 
we have victory. They're, they were there to hold, to save their fellow buffalo. And no, I'm not comparing you guys to buffalo, but we're here, church, for each other. That's what God, and, and even what we just read, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker, those are indispensable. Those parts that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. No body part in, the, in, in God's church is too small or insignificant. We need you to, to do what God has called you to do, to use the gifts that God has called you, that place in your life. My friends, don't isolate yourself. The church needs you as much as you need the church. That's the truth. Let's keep going. We have different body parts. We have different callings and abilities, but one goal. And that's something that we need to remember. Even though we serve differently in different areas, our goal is always the same. Here at Southridge, one of our main goals is to, is to focus, or, or one of our main goals is to lead people to find and follow Jesus. So everything we do here should contribute to that goal. Because when we lead people to find and follow Jesus, it means we have more brothers and sisters, right? So everything we do here together is for that goal. We are not here to build individual ministries, uh, church. We are not here to build a name for ourselves. You know, get, you know, oh, I, I built a team this much so I can get a better job at another church. No. One of the greatest things is um, that we get to, when you serve, we get, you, you get to be a part of what God has called you to do. When you get that, oh, it makes serving so much easier. It makes serving so much more desirable. When you serve, church, you are fulfilling the design God has placed in your life. Everything we do is so people can be pointed to Jesus. Amen? Don't you want to be a part of that? The goal is to be one unified body in Christ. The goal is to lead people to find and follow Jesus. And this, this next one that I God. As, as I was uh, up early in the morning, just praying, trying to, you know, just finalize a couple of details, God gave me this one. You know, one of our goals, too, is to have a society full of Christians. Notice I didn't say a perfect society because those don't exist. Even in a society full of Christians, because we are imperfect, it means that society is imperfect. Right? But see, right now, we're living in a, in a culture that says there is no truth. We're living in a culture that says, hey, if your, bro- if, if your uh, friend hits you, cancel them. If they say something wrong about you or, you know, just anything, cancel them. Don't forgive them. Move on. You do, you, you do what's best for you. But see, what happens is when we have a society full of Christians, now you have people forgiving their enemy. You now have people, um, you know, providing for, for the lost, for the, for the needy, for the broken. We have people building each other up rather than canceling them. That's one of our goals here. To just equip you and send you into your workplaces, into your schools, to be a light in the darkness. That is one of the goals here at Southridge. Amen? That's, uh, oh man, I, I get excited thinking like, man, if, if, if we can go into this place, this place, you know, um, and just shine the light of Jesus, do you know how many more people would be saved? 
I get excited, church. <laughs> but check this out. But bef- before we go into the public square to show people Jesus, it, shows, it starts here. Before we go out there and try to show love, compassionate, grace, forgiveness to someone who's lost, someone who does not like you, it starts here in your church. Sometimes it's hard to love when one of your brothers gives you the stink eye. Imagine someone who cuts you off, then flips you off. Oh, man, if you can't love your brother who gave you a stink eye, it's going to be very impossible to love this other guy. But see, it starts home, church. It starts by loving each other, by when we see someone hurting, by helping them build up, by showing them love. Because what happens is our effectiveness grows. Because now you have a society saying, hey, these guys, they, they practice what they preach. They practice what they preach. And God begins to move unopposed. Look what John 13, 35 says. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It doesn't say if you have 80 volunteers on a Sunday, you will be known to be my disciple. It doesn't say if you have the best this, the best that. No, it says if you, if you love one another, it starts in the heart, church. And when you get the heart right, oh man, your service just multiplies. We're running out of time, so let's keep going. So what does serving God look like? We talked about how everyone in here in this church, God has called you. you you're not a number. You're, you're a special part of the body. We need you. But now you're like, okay, well then how can I serve? What does that look like? We talked about different positions and ministry that you can serve in. So now what does that actually look like? Let me quickly read this passage. Matthew 25, 35, 40 says this. I promise it will make sense at the end. (laughs) For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer to them. Truly, I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So how does that look like in our lives? How can we live that, those verses? Well, check this out. First and foremost, it starts by serving him privately. What do I mean by that? The greatest way we can serve God is by serving him with our obedience. And that means obeying him when he says, walk with me every day. Read my, the scriptures. May they just purify your heart. Allow them to restore you, to make you holy as I am holy. Worshiping him in our obedience means that we pray. Not because we have to, but because we're in a relationship with our father and we need to speak with him every day i can't tell you how many times growing up i would wake up on the wrong side of the bed and i was just i was a jerk god bless my mom and she would say angel before you keep going go back into your room and pray of course
course, you know, I go in there, open the door. I'm not going to pray. I'm just going to sit here. I can't tell you how many times I would get to school. It wasn't even an hour, and I was suspended. I was, had the tension. And then I started seeing that, that, uh, that pattern. Oh, dang, every time I don't pray, it usually gets worse. So then I started actually praying. And man, what a difference did it make in my life. Serving God with our obedience means fasting sometimes. See, because what happens when we serve God privately, it prepares the heart of the servant to serve others. And that will only happen when you begin to walk close to God daily, when you let his word prune you and cut off those nasty things of, that we have inside, those nasty attitudes, those nasty thoughts that do not let the Holy Spirit lead us. But it's only through walking with him every day, reading the Bible. And what's going to happen is you'll begin to love how God loves. You're going to have a heart of, of, of uh, compassion for those who are in need. You'll be able to forgive like Christ forgave you. Because we are sinners, because we are fallen, because without Christ, we are no different than the lost soul. We need his word and a daily walk with him to learn to be like Jesus. See, that's the best part about serving God. Being able to have this amazing, intimate relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the heavens and the earth. My friends, don't miss out on this part of serving. Walk with him closely. Let him lead you. Start with five to ten minutes every day. I erased my Instagram this week, and I was telling my wife, Jennifer, man, I did so much more when I wasn't wasting an hour to two hours, and and that's being generous, a day on Instagram. I know it's embarrassing, but if you really want to find the time to be with God, you will find it. How does it look like to serve as church? Of course, they're serving in ministries. We do have a lot of needs right now. You know, it does get tiring, you know, to have to put everything up and then tear everything down. But we do it because we love God and because we love you. But now we're saying, hey, if you see the same people serving the same areas, same places, it's time to say, put me in, coach. Sub me in. Let me relieve these people. There are some of you have beautiful smiles that we need you out there welcoming people we need you up here because Ethan doesn't smile when he's up here (laughs) just kidding man but more than anything we just need a willing heart that's going to say yes Lord you know and and, and there's one of the things I love to do uh, as a leader is and I know Pastor Makai loves to do this too is find someone who will do what you're doing better than you not because you get to just uh, I'm lazy I don't want to do this anymore no because now you helped someone fulfill their calling or even find people that have the potential to be better than you you invest in them you invest in that body part and uh, and it's like working out a muscle right it grows it grows it gets stronger and stronger another way to serve your church and I know this is everyone's favorite one is financially I know this isn't a popular one, church, but we need, we need to give back to God for the many blessings he gives to us. There's some of you that already give so generously, and we just thank you for being obedient to God. 
And we want to invite you to those that, that, that are saying, you know what, I, I have a budget. I have to stay on here. Let me tell you, when I started tithing, first thing I do anytime I get a direct deposit from anything is I go to God and bless him and give to him from the many blessings he gives to me. And I can tell you how blessed I am. Growing up, pretty poor. Not being able to, you know, and, and those who know me, I love coffee. I buy coffee every day. Growing up, I didn't have that luxury. And I see now, and it's like, and that's a little thing. But I see how God blesses a cheerful giver. You can also serve God by faithfully praying for your church. This is so important, church. Now, this has to go hand in hand with you actually also serving physically here. We don't want everyone to be like, sign me up for the praying ministry and I don't have to do anything at the church. No, it goes together. Because what's going to happen is when you begin to pray, God's going to show you, hey, I have a need right here. And I have equipped you and called you to fulfill it. You're going to see, hey, the pastor needs this. He needs help here. Hey, this family over here needs help over here. And God's going to be able to use you when you pray faithfully for the church. Lastly, serving the lost. As I mentioned earlier, when we serve God privately first, it allows him to shape and prepare our hearts. Then we begin to serve the church, and then we begin to serve the lost. Now, I'm not saying, don't get it wrong. I'm not saying God can't use you now with the lost. No, God uses anyone who is willing. And pastor mentioned something at the end of the first service. If you feel unworthy to serve him, so do I. But it is by his grace, it is by his mercy and forgiveness that I can be up here today. And that's because I have a heart that says, yes, Lord, use me. Forgive me. Help me not to do the same thing again, but use me, Father. It starts in your heart for his church. A heart that says, yes, Lord, here I am, use me. And another way you can serve the lost is by inviting them to church because the church is for the broken the church is for the sick so it doesn't make sense to just invite healthy people right hey let's go take from this church no we need people to come to know to find and follow Jesus and you serve the lost by saying hey there's this awesome church we go to we have a worship team that doesn't smile but they're good serve the lost is by speaking the truth in a culture where there is a war on truth there is nothing more loving than telling someone who's lost the truth but we got to do it in love because it does not make sense to say hey there's this there's this fellow jesus he's the most loving the most forgiving person and you just had a fight with this person it doesn't make sense, right? No. We're not out there to win arguments. See, we have the easy we have the easy part. We get to just plant the seed. We get to just say, "Hey, there's this Jesus that I love and he loves you. He died for you." And you're going to see that by the way I live my life. And now God does the hard part. He mends hearts of stone church. It's not your job to um to com- what's it called to transform someone's life to transform someone's heart your job is to say yes lord and share who he is 
and God comes in and does the rest. Amen, right? Amen that we don't have to do that. Because I don't think we'd change anyone. <laughs> but church, Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So we must do our parts to keep the peace. But then later it says, Peter tells us, hey, um, be prepared to always give a defense of the gospel to tell people why you believe in what you believe. There you go. That balance again. They go hand in hand. You speak truth in love. The last thing I will say before we go into this last song. I was talking to um, one of the brothers from here in church. And we were just talking about how does it look like living as, as Christians, as, as believers. And, and he's reading an awesome book. And, and the book said, you know, we don't do, we don't serve God or we don't do all this because we're Christians. It's because we do all these things that proves that we are Christians. It's the way we live our life that gives evidence that we are his children. And church, I just want to invite you today. I want to invite you to stand up at this moment. I want to invite you to say, yes, Lord, here I am. If God's been tugging at your heart for a while now, hey, I need to, I need to start serving. You want to learn how to make coffee better than Starbucks? Come talk to me. I mean, that's not saying much because Starbucks sucks. And if you love Starbucks, I apologize um, on me. Um, but there's so many different places that you can serve. You know, we need help in the mornings to bring all, all this up here. And we, and we don't want the best. We just want the willing heart, the humble heart that says, yes, I will do this because I love God. Therefore, I serve my church. I serve its people. And if you've never received Christ, if you've never had the, that opportunity to just accept him and, and, as, and make him savior of your life, I want to invite you to do that this morning because you're missing out on this amazing group right here. If, you're, if you were just listening, like, is, is there an actual group that loves each other, that will build each other up? Yes, there is. We mess up, but our, we always, always go to lift each other up. To be there for each other. And so if you're looking for that, if you're looking for that eternal hope, it's found in Jesus Christ. And if you're ready this morning to say, Lord, send me, use me in whatever capacity. It doesn't need to start big. It doesn't need to be something so grand. It just needs to start with a yes. We're going to sing this next song. And in this moment, if you want to, just I invite you to worship him. Raise your hands. Come to the altar. If you want to make a decision, please come talk to Pastor Micaiah. Come talk to me. We want to help you fulfill the calling God has placed in your life. Thank you again for spending time with us today. And a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.